what I'll say now, I'm going to call it early. Not a prediction, but a thought. I'm not confident enough to make a prediction based on where CPI is going. What's the current CPI number? 7.1. God damn, you sexy when you're right. Yeah. I believe that inflation is not going to move down. If anything, it's going to move up. And I think it's going to really shock people. Especially the one that includes food and- Core inflation. Yeah. Yeah. PCE. Yeah. Oh, PCE. Okay. Yeah. PCE, core inflation, uh, excluding food and energy. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's going to stay. That actually might go down, but- Food and energy costs have really started. Energy's kind of fluctuated up and down in the last couple of months, mm-hmm. but food costs. My mom from Oklahoma, right? She's not a big spender, bro. She she's in the grocery store doing her thing, buying groceries, right? She sent me a text message over the weekend talking about how much eggs had increased in prices. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Higher Standard Podcast, where we give you ultra-premium, unfiltered truth when it comes to building your wealth and curating the lifestyle of your dreams. No games, no drama, and no shenanigans. I am your host, Chris Nahibi, and I'm here to help you distill the immense amount of information and disinformation out there on the interwebs and give you the opportunity to choose a higher standard for yourself. There are no gurus here, and no one gives a damn about how wealthy you look. I'm an attorney and a banker, amongst other things. Does that mean you should listen to me? Hell no. This is just full disclosure that while we talk about money, wealth, law, investing, and a lot of related topics, you should always speak to your own advisors for an opinion tailored to your unique investment perspective. I am obligated to tell you that nothing contained in this show is in fact legal or investment advice and is being provided solely for entertainment purposes. So sit back, relax your mind, and get ready for a different kind of podcast where we elevate your baseline in crispy, high-resolution audio. This isn't a different standard. It's the higher standard. You are such an incredible alcoholic. What? Why? You finished the bottle. And we are live. We, I know you yeah. are. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, everybody. This is one of our famous, world-famous back-to-back episodes. Back-to-back. If you're tuning in right now, you know it's going to get a little wild. How much are you holding yourself back right now? I'm holding back a lot. Okay. I got to tell you, I'm incredibly sexy at all times, and to sound this unsexy, it's 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 an art. It's an art, yeah. It's a gift. <laughs> so this episode will air the Friday after the updated CPI number comes. Right. And inflation has been an interesting topic. Now, keep in mind, this is not a core inflation. This is This is just the aggregate inflation number. Right. Do you have any early thoughts on what inflation will be? I don't. I really don't know where this is going to go. I mean, the jobs numbers were, I mean, obviously unemployment was not what we thought it was going to be. Well, no, maybe some people did, but 3.7% falling to 3.5%. That's a, that's a dynamic change and going the wrong direction for the Fed. Not what the Fed is looking for, but there were some positive things out of this report that came out that did make the Fed a little happy. Like? Like the wages went down. They did, but in my mind, not enough to really warrant. Not, en- not enough, but still something that they're another aspect of this all that they do want to see change. I see you got a lot of notes in your hand right there. What's going on? I got some notes. So that 3.5% unemployment rate that, you're, that you mentioned, new 50-year low since 1969. I thought you were going to go with the fact that uh, a lot of this information, which came, by the way, came from a Reuters article mm-hmm. titled U.S labor markets, powers, powers ahead. I can't even read, bro. Yeah, powers it, ahead, the wage growth loses steam. I am hooked on phonics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> U.S. labor market, powers ahead, but wage growth loses steam, as Saeed put, not as eloquently as I did, mm-hmm. from Reuters in the show notes, as usual. But 
what I thought what you would point out was the fact that most people who criticize this article and the unemployment number have cited that a lot of those people were hired during a seasonal growth period. Right. And a lot of the jobs that were let go of and then hired were part-time employees. Right. Not quite the same as full-time. So almost suggesting that the 3.5% is a false number. Right. So I, I don't really know if there's truth to that. I don't really know if there, there, there's any... I guess, value in the ideology that maybe that number was, you know, artificially inflated for the holidays, but we did see $9.12 billion, was it? I think it was of consumer spending. Yes. Which was a record spending during the holidays. So maybe, maybe there is some truth to it. I, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But what I'll say now, I'm going to call it early. Not a prediction, but a thought. I'm not confident enough to make a prediction based on where CPI is going. What's the current CPI number? 7.1. God damn, you sexy when you're right. Yeah. I believe that inflation is not going to move down. If anything, it's going to move up. And I think it's going to really shock people. Especially the one that includes food and- energy. Core inflation, yeah, yeah PCE. Yeah. yeah, oh, PCE, okay. Yeah, PCE, core inflation, uh, excluding food and energy. It's, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's going to stay. That actually might go down, but food and energy costs have really started. Energy's kind of fluctuated up and down in the last couple of months, mm-hmm. but food costs, my mom from Oklahoma. Right. She's not a big spender, bro. She, she's in the grocery store doing her thing, buying groceries. Right. She sent me a text message over the weekend talking about how much eggs had increased in prices. I also sent you a picture about eggs. I know you that was you, weird. You didn't want to feel. You didn't want to come my mom. You <laughs> 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 call me mommy. <laughs> mommy, is that you? Exactly. That's why we're so hairy. Yeah, exactly. Shortage. Yeah. Yeah, Shortage so in eggs. Mom, no eggs at my hungry. grocery store. <laughs> Not, what? Yeah, there were zero eggs. You don't see. You didn't see. Is that where that shelf was? Yes. I never asked. You sent me a picture of an empty shelf. Like I'm supposed to fucking read minds. And then I, the, the follow up picture was the notice that said due to a shortage of eggs. I don't read your follow-up notice. You don't, I, you don't read anything if, if I you, say. If you send me some stupid shit, I'm not going to read the follow-up yeah, notice. Like, exactly. hey, that's not my fault. That's you. So that, the the layoffs that, that we saw, that we've been seeing, are still in concentrated sectors and also notably geographically concentrated as well, New York and California. And the layoffs are primarily in finance, tech, and like fintech, right? Indeed, they did. Said looking for the automatic kudos for the handoff into a Wall Street Journal article. Tech layoffs are happening faster than any time during the pandemic. Mm. For reference, uh, 2020, consumer jobs being laid off, 6,063. Retail, 8,002. Travel, 13,983. Transportation, 14,656. Food, 6.2, I'm sorry, 6,218. Finance, 8,624. All sound like big numbers, but in 2022, Mm. way Way bigger. Yeah. Retail, 19,604. Wow. Real estate, 9,765. Education, 8,658. Crypto. (laughs) (laughs) Remember that thing? 7,969. Finance, 12,649. I think that one's a great reference point. During 2020, 8,624 jobs in finance versus 12,649 in 2022. So I got some for the intern. Intern, can you pull the show notes real quick? When you get a second, I want you to see something. Look at right above that. Right above that. Can you look at the article? Where's the link to the articles from the Wall Street Journal? Who has access to the Wall Street Journal? You Who put might. that there? You, oh, you, you I, I put that there. I, I, you, know, I know you did because you fucked up my whole like <laughs> way of posting. This, this is my way. This is my way of proving to you that I actually subscribe to the Wall Street Journal. That's all cute and stuff. But look here, let me read you a quote. Ready? Yeah. This is from the article. You ready? I got something that too. I don't have access to. Technology-driven companies across industries have been laying off workers at the fastest pace since COVID-19 pandemic shocked the global economy in 2020. Mm -hmm. 
According to one data track, collectively employers in the slumping tech sector cut more than 150,000 jobs in 2022 mm -hmm. based on estimates from layoffs.fyi. Apparently, this is a website right. that tracks the events as they surface in media reports and company releases. That figure compares with about 80,000 layoffs in March through December of 2020 and 15,000 in all of 2021 based on the data compiled by the site. So I did some math on this. The 150,000 that have been laid off, it's roughly around 1% of all the jobs. Which is shocking to me because I, I really didn't think you did math. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, As an underwriter, I do no math. Yeah. But the article went on to say that you can see that people are scaling back on spending, right? They're not spending as much on tech products. There's a slowdown on the outlook of digital advertising. So you can understand why these companies are having hiring freezes. There's, they're beginning their layoffs. And, um, but the disconnect that I'm sure people are wondering about between the layoffs that we've been talking about versus the actual unemployment rate that we just cited at three and a half percent is because the people that have been losing their job in this tech space are finding jobs rather quickly. Which to me is, is, is so incredibly bizarre. Like, you know, I, I consider myself like a student of the game. Yeah. And as much as I try to be like a smart ass about all this stuff. Right. I don't, I don't understand. So I legitimately don't understand. Don't understand either. So per ZipRecruiter, about 79% of the workers that were recently hired after a tech company layoff or termination landed their new job within three months of starting their search. That's incredible. Right. When you think about how long people were... So for reference, the Great Recession was a two and a half standard deviation event. Mm -hmm. It was such an extreme and crazy different polarizing economy. And then people were going months, years in some cases without finding a job. It was incredibly difficult. But yet there were less people laid off then than now. Right. And 2020 versus then and now significantly more. It's so hard to compare. And I've always looked at 2020 as like a man-made recession. Like... You know, like when you drive by a man-made lake, you're like, that's not a lake. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's not a real lake. That's a pool. Yeah, that's a large pool. Yeah, that's a large pool. It's yeah. got fish in it and shit, but it, it's not a lake. Right, exactly. Yeah, like that. we made that. Yeah, 100%. You know, like that's not the same thing. Mm -hmm. it, it's like knowing, it, like are natural boobies better than fake boobies? I'm not having this discussion with you. Why? It's I'm, a fair question. I'm not doing this. It, don't make it sexist, bro. I'm just asking you a question. Wait, what's it, what's they're it, not the same thing. <laughs> they're not. I can, like, you, you have yeah, to I can legitimately agree that they're not the same like, thing. Like man-made is not the same thing as not man-made. Right. I'm just saying. Right. They're not the same. Okay, they're not the same. Do you want to elaborate on that feeling uh, at all? Absolutely not. <laughs> so I know we've recently talked about the, the Jolts report. So um, the Jolts report actually cited recently that the open positions reported on the jobs for uh, outnumber available working jobs by 1.7 to 1. And for a reminder, the Fed relies heavily on the Jolts report. Heavily. And they want that number to be closer to 1 to 1. Yeah, which, I, I mean, again, I, I still don't get it. I mean, as much as, as I would like to say, there's a logical reason. And let me right. explain to you, everybody out there and, right. and listener land, why these things are happening. Yeah. It would be a complete fucking lie. Just to I have no idea. And just to clarify, that's one. There's 1.7 jobs out there for every one person that is looking for a job. And I should add, it's not because I'm not a smart person or you're not a smart person. It's because nobody, right? Nobody really knows why this is happening. No. So right. the greatest economists in the world, Mohammed El Rain, um, 
Certainly not Mark Zandi. Mark Zandi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. not doing that again. Yeah, certainly not Lawrence Yoon. No, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, he wouldn't. All the people who I consider to be good economists, they still don't have the answer to this. Ray Dalio has not commented. No one that I've listened to has been like, "Hey, man, let me tell you why this whole jobs market looks a little upside down." Right. Everyone's like, "Oh, fuck! The job market's strong. The economy must not be in a recession." The only person that really puts himself out there is our boy Nouriel. I thought you were gonna go with Patrick Bet David. Oh, yeah. No. Noriel Rabini, Doctor Doom, huh? Doctor Doom, yeah, yeah. Doctor Doom is is a really high and tight about this stuff, but he's also kind of constantly negative. Always negative. Always negative. We've been accused of that. We've been accused of that, but we're not referenced as Doctor Doom. Yeah, exactly. Not yet. Yeah, I mean, asshole's a little different than Doctor Doom. I'm okay right? with that. Are you? Yeah, because I call you an asshole a lot. Yeah, a lot. Have you gotten your asshole shaved yet? It's not shaved. Okay, is that what you're it's doing? Lasered. Is it, that, it's, my, it's my bikini area. Is it, okay. they, yeah, they, I don't oh, want you spreading rumors of false gossip. Are they here. bleaching it? What's going no, on? The, first of all, it, I wow, people really do that. Don't they? Yeah. <laughs> I guess no one really looks at mine enough, and I can't see without mirrors. Right. Several mirrors. Right. And I'm hairy. It just seems like a bad problem. <laughs> just, before, but before we move on from the uh, unemployment and all that, you hear what your boy Bob Iger's doing? Hmm. I knew. I thought you would like this. Bobby Iger's my man. Yeah, making everybody come back four he, days a week. Not, he's not the only one. I know, but I mean that's that's big time. So, so Bob Iger, head of Disney. Yeah, look, dude, you can't replace working with people, man. Especially for him, his like seeing people face to face. I know you like working from home, right? But they're, they're, it's tactile, dude. Like, well, for you, him, you well, need that. Well, for their space, especially. Don't the, say for them. For us, for, for everybody. For their space. They're, Include you. Yeah, I'm coming into work. I came into work right now. Bro, you did not come. Stop. I, I'm in, I, um, Stop. Am I not? Are we you, doing this over Zoom? We're doing this over Zoom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So, yeah, he came in and he said, due to, he thinks it'll help creativity. It's not only creativity, it's going to help the work environment. This whole, like, this whole phoning it in and, and, the pandemic really fucked a lot of things up. And mm -hmm. I really do think this whole work from home thing, as, as awesome as it is in theory, right? it's had some adverse effects on corporate life. Yeah. I don't believe everyone is working home, working as hard at home and everyone's more productive. Some people, sure, yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of people who believe they're working hard are romancing themselves in the ideology that I get more done here, I don't have to get dressed, I don't do that. Let's be honest, let me ask you a question, let, just objectively, okay? Mm -hmm. You put on a nice outfit that you like. Okay. Does that set the tone for your day? Yeah. Okay. When you go get one a nice of, that, haircut. That's one, of, that's one of many things that sets the tone. When you go day. see Andy at Andy's Cuts and you get a fresh haircut and you and you leave. By the way, the freshest of fresh haircuts. When you get that freshness. Yeah. The higher standard brought to you by Andy's Cuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Free haircuts for you, right? Yeah, that freshy fresh. Free haircuts for me? Oh, yeah. All, all, Free all haircuts around. Everybody. For everybody. Yeah, everybody. Your kid too, my kid. Yeah, everybody. All, kids, hey, everybody. everybody. Yeah, that's four, that's four cuts. Drop our name when you go in. <laughs> <laughs> just come in, just go when you when you go in when you go in. Just say you listen to the yeah. higher standard. Unless you're the intern, no free cuts for you. <laughs> yeah, no free cuts for you. Yeah, yeah. But um, I truly believe that these things change the demeanor and how you handle yourself. Mm -hmm. There's something to be said. I, keep in mind, flying at one point in time was an elegant like affair. You wear a suit, you go in. the The plane was an experience, right? And we watered that down with, with it's not, time. not just the plane, just going out in general. Yeah, well, look what we've done to it. And now we're going to water down the work environment and expect the same level of results? Bruh. <laughs> Bruh. 
You can't say that. We've we've covered this. What you can't say, bro? You you cannot say, bro. Why not? As a man who's fifty years old that has a mohawk, you cannot I'm say, bro. I'm not fifty years old, and this is technically not a mohawk. It's a white hawk. You cannot. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Really? Really, it's a white hawk. That's what we're doing. But Andy really did not want to give me. He was very yeah. upset about it. Yeah, he, yeah, he advised against it. He looked at you. He said, "No, no, 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 no." So much so when he was done, he handed me the mirror. And I said, "No, I'm good. I, don't, I trust you." He's like, "I, I mean, your hair's not fucked up, <laughs> okay? <laughs> this is what you asked it for. It needs to grow into this shit." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then over time, my strategy here is because now you will all be back at work. Oh, okay. I'm gonna slowly make it more and more of a mohawk until somebody actually notices. I'll make sure of it. You're gonna be in the office, so yeah, you will. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I have no problem. So I'm gonna have to ingratiate you back into the work environment in a slow, methodical way. And I really thought about how to make you feel more at home. So I've done some things to really make you feel comfortable. Like I've been farting a lot in your area. <laughs> hey, my right? desk was given away a long time ago. No, 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 no. I've been farting in your area, and I'm gonna give it back to you. Oh, I see. Yeah, I've been marinating it for a while. Got it. I've been doing some things like making, like I figured out a way to get some make kid sounds off YouTube. Mm-hmm. and play it at your desk so it makes you feel like you're at home with the kids. Mm-hmm. And then I'm still going to call you even though I'm standing around you so you're used to picking up that phone, that hand gesture motion for you. Mm-hmm. I want you to feel acclimated to you know working at home and transitioning back in the environment. Okay. Yeah, and then what I'm going to do is I'm going to slowly stop with the sunlight until you feel like almost like the halogen lights are the only light you're used to. Right. And then you'll know you're back. Got it. Yeah. What episode number is this so I can hand it over to HR? <laughs> <laughs> it's like what of something yeah. yeah exactly all right well on Saeed's I guess point the everything bubble as according to fortune has popped and the experts on Wall Street and in Silicon Valley were spectacularly wrong about a ton of things mm-hmm. now I know we get a negative connotation sometimes with the sometimes. show sometimes and we, we sometimes are accused of reveling in some of the negativity but what I'll say is this one makes a whole lot of sense and I could not agree more Mm-hmm. Here's a quote from the article. Many economists and keen market watchers, which sounds oddly British or European. Right. Hello, and keen market watchers. Yeah. <laughs> are making the case that years of loose monetary policies from the Fed and other central banks following the great financial crisis helped create an everything bubble, and now it's popping. Mm-hmm. Like Uchi Wally Wally. Uchi Bang Bang. Uchi Bang Bang. I would argue that's, that's, that's kind of true. I mean, I know it sounds all, you know, kind of wide and graphic and, you know, not so like friendly, but let me explain it in kind of the macro sense. Okay. Okay. More than any other economy that I can recall where one thing led the way, the Great Recession, mortgage, mortgage backed securities, loose lending policies, the lending market really drove the way, Mm -hmm. right? Hybrid, hybridized mortgage backed securities, pools, securities, synthetic mortgage pools, things like that. Um, you had wartime efforts. There were there were always these singular impacts. I I know hindsight being twenty twenty, we'll look back on all this stuff in several years and say, okay, well that was the catalyst. But I really do believe the catalyst was fourteen years of artificial interest rate deflation, one hundred percent, holding rates down low, and maybe the everything bubble as they're describing here. Maybe that's it. Exactly. And I'm not saying you and I are geniuses. You might be a Nobel laureate, and I might just be a humble banker. Not yet. They haven't come knocking. Oh, they haven't? Not yet. I thought that was a foregone conclusion at this point. I'm waiting. And didn't we decide it was carrier pigeon that comes in? Carrier like pigeon. Like it was like a dove one day. Yeah, exactly. And someone's playing Prince. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Prince, yeah. Yeah, yeah. In the background and yeah. you just answer the door like and ask the chaps. Yeah. Like, that's, 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 that's how you get your laureate. Right. I've been waiting for this. 
I mean, this has been proven, though, what you're saying by... Has it? You could have invested in anything over the last 14 years and you would have made money. Mm. Except except crypto. Cryptocurrencies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We'll get into Binance later. Yeah. I got a whole can of whoop-ass saving on the side for that. You bought CZ? I'm not even going to give you the lob like I normally do where I say you hate crypto. I hate crypto both at this point. I'm going to go in. 100%. So we'll... Well, that's called foreshadowing in the radio business. Yeah, in the radio business. <laughs> yeah, I did that on purpose this time. Okay. Yeah, this I, time was not an accident. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, intern, I'm not, I'm not ready to talk about used car prices yet. We'll get there. We'll get there eventually. Calm, calm down there, tight yeah, figures. He's, he's, yeah, he's, All right, so he's excited. Let's just talk about the bubble that, that, that is now seemingly bursting. Let, let's just try to, let's just try to role play as many examples as we can. Okay? okay. Let's go. So I think mortgage prices, home values, those shot up because of mortgage prices, home values shot up. To an untenable point because now we have an affordability issue, right? A hundred percent. What else can you think of? Well, I mean, they they shot up because borrowing rates were so low for so long. Fourteen years, artificial interest rate deflation, baby. Fourteen years, exactly. So, what other markets do you think are overinflated right now? Uh, used cars. Used cars. Yeah, rookie. You got to stop giving him the, the lobs like that. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's too good. See that? See this is from an article in Forbes. Used car prices post the biggest drop on record. And have quote much further to fall. Now I will say there's some anecdotal like caveats here. Mm-hmm. From November to December, there was actually a slight pickup. So, um, can you zoom in on that? I'm blind as shit, bro. Like, what? what how, can you get any smaller here? I can read it for you. You want? Yeah, go ahead and read that that top right column. Your, yeah, young buck. Though it's up slightly from November, used car prices paid by wholesalers last month fell the most on a yearly basis since at least the late 1990s, continuing a steep decline that should bode well for overall inflation, which has long been plagued by supply chain constraints driving up the price of used vehicles. Used vehicles prices in the U.S. increased 0.8% from November to December, but plunged 14.9% from one year prior. Plunged! Plunge. You got to emphasize plunge. Yeah. Uh, SUVs were among vehicles posting the biggest annual price declines, uh, falling 16.6%, while midsize cars fell 15.8%, and luxury cars fell 15.2%. Uh, all this from a Ford's post. I, did you not listen to the show? I literally started that whole thing off with saying it was Forbes. I mean, I feel like people like to ignore you, and they choose to listen to me. There is some truth in oh, that. It's so, very hurtful truth, but so, there's some truth in that. Yeah. So here's what I'm saying. Remember how we talked about in previous shows that all this inventory was sitting at the, you know, the major auto distributors like the Ford, you know, everybody had those right. in their inventory. And at the end of the year, 1231, they were going to push that back on the auto manufacturer. Well, it turns out that the, the auto manufacturers pushing that dealership, that, that inventory out to the dealerships, their right. franchisees, right. wasn't even necessary in order for this to happen. Yeah, exactly. Those lots that were sitting empty that were trying to keep up this image uh, of, of values cre- creeping up. I'll never forget when we when we went to um, up north to see Adam at Mind Pump. Oh yeah, we right? were driving around. There's so many used car dealerships. We were walking around first of all. No, but we did drive around. We we, we around noticed them when we were driving. So we noticed when we were driving. There there was literally used car lots everywhere. We're like, how how, how the fuck are these people staying in business? Yeah. Now I don't even know. I mean, yeah, the, the values are dropping off. Exactly. They it, those places had to. Some so, of them had to have shut down. So let me put a thought in everybody's perspective. Right. You drive around. And there's a dealership uh, in Newport Beach, that Lexus dealership that's there. Right. A lot is empty. Like, it's, I thought they were going out of business. It's so empty. Like, I'm like, what the shit is going on here? Right. Right? For a long time, people were, they couldn't find a car to buy. You were buying it online before you even got there, before you took delivery. You couldn't even inspect the car, whatever. Remember we had that conversation in about transit. Tesla? Yeah, yep. in transit, all that shit, right? And then what happens? Everyone's like, okay, well, I'm not going to buy new cars now. I'm going to keep my car. 
I'm going to take it to get all this work done. Remember, we talked about that on previous episodes where mm-hmm. I couldn't get my my Jeep in for two to three weeks. By the way, I'm a stud and I fixed it myself. Really? America. I got to take my Jeep in. No, I fixed it myself. You do? Yeah. Get prepared to wait for two to three to, two to three weeks for a diagnosis if you go to Tustin. Man, I know. I keep getting this four-wheel drive service. You move over to my house, I can fix it for you because I'm a real man. <laughs> I don't think you can. I can. I fixed my shit. Is the same issue? No, it was uh, EVAP. Uh-huh. Yeah, which is technical speak for there's air in one of the hoses. Got it. I uh, fixed that hose, though. You fixed, you fixed the hose? I put that hose down. Uh-huh. Do you fix all the hose? I fix all the hoses. Yeah. Especially when there's a leak. Got it. In my EVAP. Oh, we're talking about the Jeep. The Jeep. Got it. Yeah. All right. I like the hoses. You like the Anyway, so we were talking about how there was all this weight. Well, it turns out that this whole time that dealerships were carefully curating this image of unavailability... Used car prices were falling down and down and down and down, which flies in the face of what you're hearing. Exactly. Dealerships are saying people aren't buying new cars. They're getting their cars fixed. But this also means they're not buying used cars either. Right. Right. Which means people are not buying cars, period, right now. They're just getting their stuff fixed. Those, That's a major swing. I mean, those the rates on a car loan, too, right now. Can you imagine? They're not, they're not sexy. They're no. not as sexy as Andy. <laughs> yeah, not as sexy as Andy, who sponsors the show with free haircuts. Yeah, free haircuts for you, free haircuts for, for me. I can't wait for my free haircut. I can't wait for it. It's gonna be amazing to go get my it's free haircut. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah. For those of you wondering why we keep citing Andy, Andy's sitting in the room, and his, we do an interview episode with him that'll be dropping next the next time before this episode comes out. No, you're, no, hey, no, no after. No, before. We said after because this is fresh information that needs to come out before it gets stale. You really got to walk through the logistics, the timeline to me. I, if you you wouldn't have said that to me, I would have got home and posted his shit first. Yeah. <laughs> like, like the, you did not communicate very well. I think I you're think the I, whole point of this podcast that we communicate, right? No, no, we don't. We like to make each other look like asses on the show. That's that's what we do. Look like ass or feel like ass. I can't. It's very different aesthetic. Mm-hmm. One you know, in the this same. It's not recorded, right? One in the same. You mean sound like ass? Sound like ass. What does ass sound like, Saeed? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know. I don't know. You've been trying. <laughs> All right. Speaking of ass. Oh, great segue. Yeah, I've, man, I've, I've been waiting for you to bring up ass this entire time so I get into this. Oh, I love it. All right, so it is a little known secret that I don't like Dave Ramsey a whole lot. <laughs> Me too. Little known secret, right? Me too, this guy right here. I am not a huge fan of any man with his, with Ram in his last name. And as Andy pointed out in his episode, that also includes Gordon Ramsay. You don't like I, I can't trust a guy that owns that many restaurants. He, he's got a, first of all, he's known to be a mean person. I, his, I, his whole show is premised around... Him not being nice. The intern pulled it up. He owns like 50-some restaurants. What are yeah. we doing here? Yeah, he's balling too hard. Yeah. Never trust a man Ram in his last name. Yeah. Intern, find every name with the word <laughs> Ram in it. <laughs> Go. So I noticed what I'm about to talk about by scrolling through Instagram, which as far as I'm concerned is an extremely reliable resource. 100%. 100% extremely reliable. Especially when they got the blue check mark. Blue check mark. Yeah. It's got to be reliable, right? Yeah. Valid. Verified. Yeah. And I saw this, and I was so pissed off about it, I didn't even put it in the show notes. I was like, nope, mm-mm, no, not, not, I'm not, I'm not doing this. Right. And then people started to send this to me. Because that's how much this is in people's faces. Mm-hmm. So, uh, can you scroll up to the original, the original one without the comments on it? No, go down, go down. Sorry, I lied. There we go. All right. Yeah. This is the original sponsored ad from Dave Ramsey's official personal site, okay? Mm-hmm. Here's the narrative. Ready? Yep. I want you to prep yourself because this is just as bizarre as it sounds. Okay. Title. This is not a very well decorated, like presented ad or marketed ad. This is literally just him typing it in notes, taking a screenshot and like. 
He's not doing this shit, bro. He paid somebody to do this. Well, he should probably check his people because they're not working 100% hard. Yeah, Dave Ramsey right. and Ray Dalio. Title. Hate it. Don't bring Ray into this. Ray's a billionaire. <laughs> Dave Ramsey's... I can't Dave get over Ramsey. it, man. I can't get over it. It is what it is yeah. by Ray. Yeah. <laughs> you should think about positivity to be positive. <laughs> Sponsored by Ray Dalio. Yeah. <laughs> Principles. That's your principle <laughs> of the day. <laughs> So Dave Ramsey's ad says in bold, how to make money as a financial coach. As if I couldn't hate this fucking guy even more. He makes it right? so easy. It depends on two things, according to Mr. Ramsey. One, how much money you charge. And two, how many clients you have. Thank you. That's, that's yeah. extremely fucking brilliant. Right. Wow. Thank you. That, that's science. Yeah. It depends. Hey, Saeed, you want to know how, how to make money uh, as an OnlyFans Dude, actor? Oh, my God. Tell me, please. Okay, I'm glad you asked. It's, number one, how much money you charge okay. and how many clients okay. you have. Wow. You know what? Fuck it. You want to know how to make money? Yeah. You, you, know, you want to know how, uh, how much money you can make as, as an interior designer? How much? I'm, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you asked me. Thanks, man. Okay? It comes down to two things. And I want, I want you to feel... I'm sharing secrets with you now, okay? Uh, are you going to charge me for this? One, how much money you charge. Okay. And two, how many clients you have. So the same thing? I, I know. It sounds weird, right? It sounds repetitive, <laughs> but it's true. Oh, okay? my God. Oh, my God. If you want to go to a barbershop. Yeah. You, want to know, I, let me, you know what? You want to know how much money you're going to make as a barbershop owner? How much? How, how, it comes how, down to two things. How, how do you know? I, I, I just, I am extremely experienced. Really? Okay. Wow. I've interviewed a barber or two. Wow. I need All to take right? your course. It comes down to two things. Okay, ready? Uh-huh. How much money you charge and how many clients you have. Dude. This wait. is the fucking wisdom that Dave Ramsey is putting out in the world. How am I the asshole? Dude, how, uh, are there any affiliate links I can click? Oh, there's more. Yeah. I'm glad you asked. Okay, so this ad, which is not over with, goes on. It says, the average coach charges between $150 and $250 for each one-hour session and meets with each client six to 12 sessions a year. If a coach has 10 clients, meets with them monthly, and charges $150 per session, that's an additional $18,000 per year. And he uses an emoji with, emoji with stars in its eyes. This is an ad. And then you're thinking like, okay, I'm just going to skip past this ad because I don't want to read this shit because it's just really... First of all, it's, it's a math... It's, it's an SAT question. Right. Right? Okay, so the, the, the next ad, the next part of the ad comes up where it grays out everything and then it has this. This is, this is what he says to you next. If you couldn't make stupid any more stupid, financial coaches are needed now. More than ever. Are they really, Dave Ramsey? Yeah, right now. Financial coaches now are needed more than ever? Right. What in the actual fuck? <laughs> you, in all caps, can guide people to financial peace as a coach based on what fucking criteria that I'm on Instagram? Right, exactly. You, who is you? You. This is, there's no qualification. He's literally soliciting any fucking person with social media saying, hey, you... You can be a financial coach. This is not like a pyramid scheme. Here's the next sentence. Sign up for our workshop and learn how to get started today. Learn more. Swipe up. He's selling courses on how to sell courses on how to make people rich. Selling courses. Selling, yeah. Selling courses wasn't enough. I need to sell a course to teach you how to sell a course. I almost pooped myself when Bro, I saw this. Man. That's, I some, so that's some Jedi mind it's, fuck. It's, it's so unbelievably it's, frustrated. The sad, the sad part is people did this shit. Let me teach you how to sell courses, selling courses to other people selling courses. Like, I'm not trying to shit on anybody here. Okay? I am. No, hold on. I'm shitting on everybody. Hold on. I'm just saying. That, that is bullshit. I'm just saying, if you go and, like, during this time of year, people start to prepare their taxes, and if you go get a job at H&R Block, 
to help prepare people for taxes. You can't just go out there and claim that you're a fucking CPA. Okay? By going to Dave Ramsey shit, you can't just go and say that, hey, I'm a financial coach. Let me hook you up. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm gonna be worse than that, okay? And I apologize in advance. All right. I'm sorry for everybody out there, baby ears is gonna get offended by what I'm gonna say. Okay. If anybody reading that article or that ad says, holy shit, $18,000 extra a year, I'm going to sign up for this fucking guy's course. That's a lot of money. Mm. That is not somebody who should be giving you financial advice. Okay. 100%. Yeah. That ain't, that is not the one. This is not the way. This is not the way. So fun fact, Dave Ramsey actually functions in many ways like a multi-level marketing scheme where the more people get roped into some of these things. Mm Mm-hmm. The more money they make roping other people into these things. Right. So. You had a very actually interesting post that got some traction that I thought was really interesting that I think that we should go into a little bit. Which post was that? So you you had posted saying, stop going to networking events. Oh, it, this got me so much hate. It got you a little bit of hate. I it noticed. Me, and a I, lot of, I, lot I, of I don't think it was. DMs. I don't think it was fair because um, I don't. I think that you guys weren't. Even, some people weren't were not agreeing and disagreeing about the same thing. I'll read, read the whole thing. Right, so I'll read the whole thing. Chris posted, stop going to networking events and coaching sessions. You don't need an executive or life coach. You don't pay for real mentorship. You want to invest in yourself? Educate yourself. Save that money and buy a long-term investment when the market dips. Now, you got some love on this too, but some people did question your thought process. Meanwhile, our interns pulling up some. Yeah, why? Are you, why are you watching fat kids fight, bro? That's so inappropriate. <laughs> that's so inappropriate. What? Is, that is on your feet, dude. <laughs> like Instagram is like that's some shit this guy would want to see. Your algorithms all what messed up. What is wrong with you? Right. So, God damn, that was so wrong. I feel I am so sorry to everybody that I saw that. So some people, some people disagreed, but you know what I what I appreciated about um, them disagreeing is they actually handled it in a very respectful way. So I will say that. That anybody who follows me is clearly a genius. And <laughs> the way they articulate themselves w- was super collegial. We had some disagreements. You know who doesn't follow you? Dave Ramsey. Dave not Ramsey a, does not follow me. He's not better, a genius. You know, who, you know who restricts me so that I can't be seen commenting on his shit? Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey. Well, actually, yeah, yeah, that's right. I know. Andy's over there looking at me like, really? No, yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah, Dave Ramsey's a racist. Who would have thought? Right. I'm spreading that rumor too while we're at it. Yeah. Um, so Chris, who's who's a Who's a great guy in the BMW scene. He he, he follows me, and I, I follow him. I love like what he does, frankly. Um, works a lot of carbon fiber. You check out his 2002. It was sexy. But yeah, anyway. I, was, I checked it out. Yeah. Great dude. He he respectfully disagreed, and he referenced that he belonged to an organization. It wasn't YPO. It was EO. Yeah. Entrepreneurs Organization. Yeah. Yeah. You looked it up. I did. Uh, good for you. Yeah. Uh, so here, here's the truth backstory. And okay. For, I want to be clear. For reference, YPO is Young President's Organization? Uh, something like that. I Yeah, whatever. It's it's it's, it's a... So YPO is really hard to get into. You have to be under like a certain... You have to be young, basically, in order to get in. There's like a legacy thing. I don't really know the whole details. I, I'll tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. I applied for YPO, and I, I had somebody who was really close to the network that was... Really high up. He was a local person in Orange really? County who who was. How long ago was this? Um, probably like two, three years ago. Interesting. Actually, no, it was a little longer than that because I was I was younger. I was in my thirties. Right. Long, it was longer than that. What did they offer? So it's basically just a networking group of young, like successful people, mm-hmm. but they vet you out. And I knew the guy who was the recruiter for all. Not a recruiter, but he was the one who like basically was the barrier to entry in all of Orange County. Mm-hmm. And his dad was legacy, and everybody else, and. They like straight up said no to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't think that I, I should have to give them some of the stuff they wanted to see. 
Really? Um, so here, he entered and pulled up the uh, membership requirements. To qualify membership, a person must have become, before the age of 45, the president or chairman or chief executive officer of a corporation of significance with a minimum revenue and minimum number of employees. I'll get into that in a minute. The financial criteria differ for service companies and banks, obviously bank. Candidates must be typically recommended by two members of a local chapter and approved by a member membership committee of each local chapter. Interesting. So I knew members and I knew somebody who was the head of the membership committee. Wow. And I thought, okay, well, this would be easy lock. And look, I, I, I'm still a, I'm a salty about it. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. They were like, yeah, man, um, you're not high enough up in the company to, you don't make key decisions. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And then I'm like, I'm also the CEO of like my own companies too. Right. And then because the person that I knew was like, nah, nah, you're not, you're not that guy. Right. I, I, I just didn't feel like very, I, I was, I was salty. I'm still salty to this day. I was like one of those things where I, I just took my, I took my chips and I went home. I'm like, you know, fuck you guys. I don't, I don't, yeah, want, I don't want it. I'll do without y'all. Yeah, I'll do without y'all. Like I, I'll, but it, was, but, it was, but it was something you did look into. So you did think that it provided some value. And I'm going to explain why. Okay. Okay. So here, here's what I'll say is that I don't think you should pay to go to networking events. Yes. I don't think you should pay to go hang out with people you think are going to do you something good in business. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you want to join a club or an organization, right. Okay. That you think has value to your life. Realtors all hang out with realtors. Yeah. Right. Content creators all hang out with content creators. The good ones do, yeah. Y'all want to hang out and call it a club? Y'all want to belong to the same organization? Collaborate, right? Yeah, you want to collaborate, whatever. That's all good. Those are networking events, things that I would, those are good. Mm -hmm. But if you're just going, you're paying to go to some place just so you can network, Right. that's not the same thing. If you belong to an organization, that's completely different in my mind. Yeah. Like you belong to a group of like-minded people. I guess I can see the thought process though, like if if I was somebody that was starting out right now and wanting to do something like that, right? Um, and I have a family, I, I, my time is already so limited. Yeah. If I have to, if I have to pay to guarantee I can be part of an organization that I guess makes you feel like you can trust everybody there, versus like you don't know who you're meeting at some. Well, and like YPO, it, their their requirements are strict. They vet everybody, so you right. know everybody in that group's a millionaire. But what I would tell you is this: is like that relationship is not always genuine. Right. You that that's just like meeting a new person and then you have similar financial basis. But is that the way you want your friends? Right, exactly. Like I'll be honest with you. Like I've never been friends with somebody because of you know whether they're wealthy or not. Mm-hmm. But I have not been friends with people because they're not on the same trajectory as me. Yes. I don't know if that's the same thing or not, but I'll, I'll tell you that like look, people that are successful in business, they prioritize their business, things they're passionate about. Right. Right? Like mm-hmm. You like making YouTube videos, you make YouTube videos. You want to do that when you're not doing other shit. Right. So people who are passionate aren't necessarily worried about not spending time with you. People who don't aren't passionate, they're going to be out like, oh, let's let's go to the clubs. Let's go to the bars. Exactly. Bro, I got time for all that. Not invest in your success. Right. Um, I think that also that if, if you're true to yourself and true to your passion, eventually good things will come to fruition. For instance... Game recognizes game. Adam recognized game, and you recognize game. You guys became friends. No, I think he's attracted to me, bro. <laughs> right. <laughs> so th- those I things. Love you, Adam. It, it shows. It may take longer. It, you you know you can't uh, expedite that process, but eventually things will happen. Yeah. Well, look. Similar similar minded people tend to to aggregate towards one another. Right. I don't think you should force it by belonging to these things. And I don't think the ideology of paying for people to, 
to to be part of your circle is a shortcut. Mm-hmm. I think it's very disingenuous. Right. Right. A real friend who's going to always prioritize you isn't somebody you're writing a check to. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sorry. You might write a check to your friend from time to time, but I'll be honest. If you came to me and said, "Hey, Chris, I want you to do something," I would have a real tough time taking your money. Right. Because our friendship is based on something beyond that. Right. But I'd fucking do anything to help you out. 100%. Anything. Yeah. No, and that goes and that goes both ways. But it would takes. You, but, oh, does it go both ways? Yeah, it does. Because I both. need some help. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. <laughs> what kind of help we talk? I need you to hold my hand while I do the podcast. Does it involve bleach? Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. See, I open up See, and I, tell you some shit. What it, but you got to be careful what you open up. See, th- this, <laughs> is, this is completely inappropriate. I'm sitting here trying to help you by telling you in advance some stuff that I'm doing. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm literally a transplant survivor. This is the way you treat me. A transplant survivor. Please go into further detail. A hair transplant, bro. Yeah, exactly. Transplant survivor. I, I, I think you get like a special placket for that. <laughs> But I get to park in the front. It's like expected mother. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the same thing. You know? Right. Can't have too much wind coming through my roots. You got to be careful. Yeah. You know, back yeah. in the day, there were certain restaurants you couldn't go to. Yeah. I mean, you didn't have hair. You couldn't you didn't go. Yeah. I mean, you clearly, you didn't have that problem. I, I don't have that problem. Yeah. Yeah. You got a thick locks. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They definitely couldn't bleach your anus. <laughs> There's too much things in the way. What are you talking We're not. This show's not going off the rails. Relax. <laughs> it's got an explicit rating. We know what's going on here. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, do you, do you have a cushion when you sit down pre like pre installed? No, <laughs> like is that that much fuzz? No, not at all. But I mean, some people that need a cushion to sit down is some, when these realtors got that information from Meta. I feel like that transition was. It was. It was yeah, tough. It was, I tried. It was tough. I tried. Yeah, I fumbled it. Was, it. I fumbled, fumbled it a little fumbled, bit. You fumbled the Meta bag a little yeah. bit. All right. So this one caught my eye because I I um I have a particular disdain for real estate agents on so many real estate agents on social media. Actually, I'm gonna take a pivot here. You? Yeah, pivot? I'm going to pivot a little bit. Okay. Okay, we're going to get back into this. So many real estate agents on social media are living, are living the fake life. Yes. I had a cerebral moment of intelligence the other day. You? Yeah, I know. It's shocking. Wow. I actually felt smart for a brief moment. I was like, ah. Uh, yeah. Ah. Uh, and took, I had a smart moment. It took right? over? Okay. It took over, right? I was in the shower. And, disp- I, you know, I, I normally touch myself when I'm in the shower, but this time I didn't. I was like, okay. This guy's crazy. There's, what guy's crazy? You, that's, you're wild. You don't touch yourself in the shower? <laughs> I mean, I think How do you wash yourself? Why are you going to take it there, bro? I'm just talking about what you do in the shower. You're a wild boy. I'm like, I am completely genuine about what I do in the shower. I touch myself. Uh, yeah, I know. You also okay. have, you've also have spoken about some sensitivity. Look, okay, first of all, I had testosterone replacement therapy. I'm trying to describe the other listeners out there, both male and female and everything in between and outside of that. Right. What my experience with hormone changes were. Okay. Because you can't identify with those problems. Doesn't make me different. It makes yeah, you it doesn't. You're right. Okay? You're right. You're insensitive. I apologize. Don't cry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting emotional. I had this realization the other day that social media is not social media anymore. No. Why? What do you mean? You said no so confidently. Like you knew what I was gonna say. No, I was like, why? You know? what? No, why? Okay, bear with me. I think you're going to agree with this. Okay? Okay. Why are you looking like that? I'm listening. Okay. Social media used to be social media. You used to post pictures of your kids, what you're doing, your social activities. I see. The content creators have taken over. Yes. And now so much of social media is self-promotion mm-hmm. that it's not really social media anymore. It's it, it's advertising. It's an online it's business. It's self right? Uh, is self-advertising mm-hmm. and the people who have private profiles are becoming increasingly more and more rare the people that are out there self-promoting themselves for one thing or another right and i think that's why tiktok prevails tiktok 
TikTok is made for creators. It's not made to share. You're not going to share your social, your shit, like your family photos, what's going on with your family on TikTok, really. Makes sense. I mean, there are people like Tim Chiasano that, that do that in some way, form, or fashion. Sorry, who's that? Tim Chiasano. Yeah. He was a guest on our show. Oh, it yeah. was it was a guest that you... Can I say I had a conversation with him? No. I can't. You said hello and goodbye to him. <laughs> yeah. You should go back and listen to that episode, everybody. Saeed's best episode. He said four words the entire episode. Frankly, I think it's the best work he's ever done. Yeah. I'd prefer you to do less talking in these episodes and help everybody out a little bit, okay? <laughs> you, you, everything you've done since then has gone downhill. Okay? Oh, it's so bad. People have reached out and said, listen, I like this Saeed from the Tim Chiasana episode where you shut the fuck up. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this new conversational chatty one's very weird. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with you, man. Right. Getting too full of yourself. But my theory, bro, you can't be an intern and yawn while I'm talking. <laughs> this guy. They, <laughs> I'm trying to drop knowledge over here on cerebral shit and you go. <gasps> it's, not his, <gasps> it's not his fault, man. We're doing a back to back. God damn it. He's not. He's, he's typing on the keyboard. Yeah. Google Tim Chiasano. Yeah. Um, so my thought is, is that TikTok caters to this. TikTok caters to the fact that social media is no longer social media. So what is TikTok for? It's for extremism. It's for catchy stuff. It's for hype. It's for all the things that and you. It's it's, a, it's literally like a two second. Interesting, not interesting. Swipe. Interesting, not interesting. Swipe. Interesting, not interesting. Swipe. Yeah, people get lost on there. And so, what does Instagram do? They 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 try to mimic with reels what's happening on TikTok, YouTube as well. Further, yeah, exactly with shorts. Further exasperating that we don't care about your social media. Right. We care about how extreme you can be, how how eye catching you can be. Mm-hmm. We care about the, we're, we're boiling down humanity to a two to three second hook. Right. That's why educational content doesn't pop off. Mm-hmm. That's why the, the cerebral intelligence stuff, that's why there's these conspiracy theories that TikTok's making is dumber, because it is. Yeah. It's catering to the stupidity that, that, that catches people and hooks them in. Right. And I'll be honest, I'll tell you right now, I, don't, I try not to go on TikTok anymore because I know how mentally addictive it is. I play in Snapchat for all this. Really? Why? I think I feel like they were the first one to start with, you know, these short attention spans and really giving people that instant gratification. Nah, you haven't been on TikTok long enough. Uh, Snapchat was more of like disappearing images. Yeah, know? but it was quick. It was it was one that it would go by quick and you would just look for instant gratification constantly. Nah, that was more like Instagram story. No, Instagram stories came after Snapchat. Yeah, because they started was, that because of Snapchat. Yeah, because of Snapchat, but but TikTok different, man. It, the functionality of it is so it's addictive, man. It really is. And if you listen to Rogan and his podcast, I mean, they really, really try to call them out for being a really malicious Chinese back like app. I'm not even going to go there. What I'll say well, is, yeah, we won't get into the politics. I, I think it's not politics, bro. It's geopolitics. Too. God damn it, bro. Yeah, yeah. Geopolitics. What I'll say is, is look, I, I, I don't think social media is social media anymore. I think it's evolving. I think it's evolving in a very bad way. Mm-hmm. But if you're a realtor, it's evolving in a very great way. <laughs> so. Meta has updated its property listing policy according to the Real Deal, a, a, an Instagram page that we like very much. Mm-hmm. Facebook Marketplace is becoming a less friendly hunting ground for real estate agents selling properties vis-a-vis social media, according to Meta. They've announced late last month a policy change to the social media's social media site's virtual selling hub that users can no longer, and I want you to right, tune in, realtors. I know there's a lot of you out there listening to the show. Realtors can no longer share property listings with business profiles, upsetting some agents. Explain to me the rationale from Meta's standpoint, why they're doing this. Okay, so if you're an individual profile, personal page, not a business page, Mm -hmm. and you're advertising saying, hey, I've got a listing. Say I'm a realtor. 
all good. Like yeah. list away, knock yourself out. But a lot of realtors convert their page to a business page. Okay. A business page is supposed to be using Meta's advertising in Facebook. Mm-hmm. But advertising on real estate causes a whole different complication for them from a legal compliance perspective. Oh, I see. There's fair housing laws. There's, I mean, it's very difficult to advertise. If you ever tried advertising anything with real estate on Instagram or, or Facebook, mm-hmm. it almost always gets rejected. It's yeah. that credit financing. It's very difficult to advertise those topics because there's so many laws that they can't necessarily regulate. Right. But this is going to really change the landscape for some of the things you see. A lot of real estate agents. I know a couple of them that are amazingly successful. They always advertise, hey, open house for sale. Right. And they want to have a business page. Mm-hmm. Can't do that anymore, bro. Yeah, how, how many people are still using Facebook? A lot of people, man. I, I've never, I actually never had a Facebook page. So I can't, yeah. I can't really articulate Yeah, exactly. Draw. Neither do I. I'm like. But Facebook pages apparently came back and they were pretty big in their Facebook groups. Right. So, so again, I can, I can elaborate on that. Facebook knew they were losing traction. Right. To, because it was no longer the place for people to update their lives. So how do they bring you back in? Exactly. They started promoting Facebook pages and Facebook groups. Now you're in group, out group, right? Primal, subprimal. Yeah. In group, out group. Perfect example. Yeah. So they just mimicked that to make you, oh, you want to, you want to hear about, remember Mind Pump had a testosterone forum? Yes. That was a Facebook page, in group, out group. Right. Access to the forum? No access to the forum. Exactly. And that worked for them for a while. Right. Right. But. More and more as we de-evolve from sharing social memories yeah. and engaging with what's going on in our lives, and it's more about curating this living business card, Yeah, the more people are stepping away from things like Facebook because they don't care about the in-group, out-group. They, they care about curating this image of themselves. Mm. I'm telling you, cerebral moment in the shower, cerebral man. Cerebral moment. Yeah, I was, this I was all, deep. This all this in the shower? Yeah, it was a long shower. Yeah. Very moist. <laughs> moist. Very moist. Right. People hate that word moist. A lot of people don't like that word. I don't understand. I love it. the word moist. I love it. Man, my jump shot is moist. Moist cake? Yeah. You got cake for days? No, my jump shot. Moist. Yeah, moist cake. <laughs> <laughs> you should not do that. Jesus. Did well, you feel comfortable? No, you're just breaking up my party. Got oh, oh, there you go. Did you see this? I so I put this on the show notes. No, I, I thought, put it first. Fuck you. Why do you always got to sell my? Th- this is me did, first. You got this literally from my Instagram. That's, that's not true. I posted this on my Instagram. I know it's on Saeed's thing. Intern. Uh, what I'm saying is, this was posted on my Instagram. I literally commented on it in my stories, and then you look. I liked it. See my name on the post. Just, like what? Just me. You liked it. You screenshot it after I've already liked it. <laughs> like, that's evidence that you are a thieving whore. Okay. I thought this was pretty interesting though, man. It's like part- Yeah, I know it's interesting because I posted it and commented on it and you didn't take a screenshot of my post. You took the post with me liking it and put it up here. I didn't see that. I didn't no, see the no, post. This, this is treason. I don't you you have stories? I don't see the post. <laughs> oh, wow. Party right. City prepares to file bankruptcy according to the real deal. Said, since you like this so much, discuss. Yeah. The party supplies retailer, which currently more than eight hundred stores in North America is struggling against one point eight billion dollars. In debt, God damn, that's a lot of money. This not is for a, Elon Musk. This is not for Elon Musk. That's this is another one of those stores that's like from my childhood that's getting you know torn to pieces. That I'm just gonna be sad that you know, my kids aren't gonna be able to grow up and have. Nah, um, Bed Bath and Beyond's worse for me, man. Bed Bath and Beyond is worse for you than Bro, Party City. First of all, Party City's kind of whack. What's so whack about it's it? It's like Hobby Lobby. That's where you. That's where you. Uh, we used to go to get our Halloween costumes. What Party City or Hobby Lobby? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be loving, yeah, man. 
You know, I want to be that general contractor, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm just saying, like, if you're yes. Hobby Lobby, you can make your own. Party City didn't sound like a party to me. Bro, make, bro I grew up poor shit, make bro. Your I own, bro. Party I'm, not gonna, City. I'm, not, I'm not gonna make my I own some costume. balloons and a cowboy outfit. That make, didn't come from Party City. Don't, don't do this. Don't do what? Don't. I grew up poor, bro. No, no. You can't diminish my poverty. Yeah. You don't know me. I don't believe you. Yeah, I did. I grew up poor. It was only later on in life when my dad got, like, you know, took off and then life changed. Life changed. You know? Yeah, yeah exactly. Come on. This is an awkward silence. This, this, I don't believe you. No, but yeah, this, Party City, like Toys R Us going away. I'm like, God damn, man. All right, Jeffrey's already gone. Give up Toys R Us. Although there was a comp- private equity firm that was allegedly going to buy them and bring them back. I heard that. They were going to put them in stores as, a, as like a product line, not necessarily having their own stores. I'm all for that. Toys R Us. But so here's what I think. A lot of these companies that were on the fringe, the last 14 years were extremely and yet oddly prosperous for a lot of companies. And we talk about this a lot, a lot on the show about how Young entrepreneurs get this bravado that I'm a good entrepreneur because I, I've been in business for 10 years. Well, the last 10 years were super damn prosperous. I mean, unbelievably prosperous. Mm-hmm. So have you survived a difficult economy? No, you haven't. You haven't done that. Right. So, I mean, does that mean you're not a good entrepreneur? No, it just means you're untested, right? Mm-hmm. I would say there are also a lot of large companies that, that are very, very well recognized. Party City, Bed Bath & Beyond, that have been on the fringe, GameStops. Right? Yes. That have been on the fringes of financial challenges for a long time. I think GameStop may survive. It may evolve. Right. But think about it. Gaming is all going online. That we're probably barely making it by over the last 14 years. Right. I mean, they're going to go, right? Yeah. Party City, gone. Bed Bath & Beyond, gone. When was the last time we went to Bed Bath & Beyond? I couldn't tell you. When was the last time we went to Party City? This past year. Okay. Kids, kids Halloween costumes. Do you remember vividly when you went in? Yes. Okay, good. Was it busy? No, I wouldn't consider it busy. I've been to Party City a couple times in the last couple of years. Definitely more so than now that I have a son. Okay? Right. Yeah. You know, I get it. Yeah. I can't remember a single time there's been more than two or three people in the store. Wow. Yeah. I mean, tell me, do you, have you been in a different set of circumstances? No, no. But I mean, it, it's just it just goes to show you that this is this is the financial market that we're in now. This is our, this is the new economy. New economy. Yeah. Wow. Let me ask you something, Mister New Economy. Hmm. Mister Laureate. Okay. Mister. Doves fly in. <laughs> Doves fly in. Print in the background. Yeah. Laureate offer comes in in the beak. Gang chirps gang. at you. Yeah. Mean Bernanke. Who fills these empty retail spaces? Who fills the Hobby Lobbies? Who oh, fills about this? those big box it's retail spaces? Like, dude, the, the, peers, the Pier 1 that was right by the house. Yo, I still have a Pier 1 gift card. Fuck you, Pier 1. <laughs> Fuck you. I swear to God. I got a gift card for like 350 bucks. And that shit, well, everything there was overpriced. Everything was overpriced. Every time I went in, I'm like, I'm not going to spend my 350 bucks that I was gifted for this shit. For this? Yeah. yeah fuck you and your lamp. Yeah, fucking level up, yeah, Pier I'm 1. doing this shit. And then we got a business, and then I walked in too late. Shit was fucking empty. Yeah, done. It was ass, 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 and ass. It was like, ass. my choice of ass. I was just like, you just saw Ramsey's face all over the place. Yeah, it's Gordon Ramsey everywhere. <laughs> Gordon. Yeah. Really? And Dave. Okay. I don't discriminate. Yeah. One Ram is good than another Ram. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So yeah, I know I get you. Those, those spaces, those spaces are going to remain vacant, dude. I don't, I don't know what what fills those spaces. Remember when Circuit City went out of business? Oh yeah. When how uh, you know I'm old? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell me you're old without <laughs> that, telling me I you're worked old. there, bro. I had a yeah. job there. Yeah. So when those went out of business, they stayed vacant for a long time. Really? What what filled them best by? So you know, I'm, there's one real close to here. There used to be one right off of. Um, El Toro Road, right hey, up the street. Be careful, bro. Don't give out the address. People can come knocking. The studio? Yeah. Yo, if you come find the studio and you come through, I'll tell you right now, 
Saeed's going to hook you up. I'm going to pour you a drink. Pour you a drink. <laughs> We're going to have fun. Give you a cuddle. Yeah. Welcome you to the Thunder Dungeon. No, no. Too far. <laughs> you don't have a Thunder Dungeon? No, I do not. That's what I call the bathroom. That's Oh, that, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's your Thunder Dungeon. Yeah, I do work. <laughs> We're not doing this. As you get older, your your digestive system is not as efficient. No. It's really bad. You, you're not old enough yet. You're not over 40. Yeah. Wait till you get over 40. Something happens when you get over 40 and you realize like, because you know, you watch your kids go to the bathroom. Oh, yeah. Your kids go to the bathroom. It's like pure cleanliness. Yeah. Exactly. It comes out, drops to the bottom. It sinks every time. Very few floaters. Oh my goodness. Right. Like, and then you wipe them and there's like one wipe and they're done. Oh. And you're like, there's got to be more. And then when you get older, it's like, it's like an explosion happens. It's like, blah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. You have digestive issues. All right, it's, for, it's, no, 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 no. This is important. Like as you get older, your digestive system fails, mm -hmm. right? Like, it's, uh -huh. it's not, <laughs> hey, come on, man! Hey, it's hey. not me. Don't make me the bad person. Hey, listen, I'll leave you out here to dry. That's it. No, I'm not I doing this. Like, I'm not doing this with you. <laughs> I'm not doing this with you. And for the listeners that have stuck around, I got a treat for you. We're gonna we got we got some Q and A. Come okay. on, man. All right. Can you give me the dignity of saying that you at least know what I'm talking about? Bro, you've given up all your dignity. That's <laughs> <laughs> it. It's not it's dignity, a, man. It's, it's, I'm just saying, like, it's, it's, these are the things I think about while I'm in the shower. Touch yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it, it just happens. Like, your di there's got to be some science. Intern, pull that shit up. There's no science. There's got to be science behind your digestive system because <laughs> less efficient as you hey, age. Hey, dude. This, I'm telling you. Hey, you're fucking up the intern no. search engine. <laughs> Yeah, this is not wanted everybody a job, right? Oh, yeah. never mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's, let's dive into some Q and A. Oh, digestive system less efficient before he gets. A no, let's go to the Q and A. Oh, man. come on, this guy. You were no fun. Yeah, I know. I got him to cry. Like, yeah, it was good too. I, I, would cry. I would cry if I lost yeah. my dignity too. <laughs> there's no. It's not about dignity, man. I'm being honest. <laughs> At least one of us is being real. real. You're playing this active, like, oh, I'm. I'm the sultry sounding guy who cares about your role, and I'm not. I'm right. playing me. I'm, I'm honest. Okay, I appreciate Somebody, you. Look, I'm guaranteeing you the most listeners listening to the show right now are saying, you know what? I have taken a really nasty poo in the last couple of days, and I feel this man's pain. I'm telling you right now, they've skipped past this. They're already they midway not. through they the Q&A. They have not skipped yeah. past the poo-poo section. All right. Okay. Okay. Right. Let's go. Let's get to the Q&A. Let's get to the Q&A, my, my friend. We can't responsibly talk about poo without people's feelings getting hurt. Right, right. All right, here we go. Well, there's we a lot of questions, so let's just pick some of the, the good ones here. We can't, we can't possibly go through all these because the last, and I will apologize, we, we got just nailed with a ton of questions. So uh, apparently we are, we are um, a little more popular than we thought we were. Right. All right, so uh, I'm going to pick some at random, okay? Random, let's go. Um, all right, so you know what? Here, let's go to the, the, the top left there. Some bright spot. What the hell was that intern boy? Mm. Okay, first of all, are you trying to mess with me and make me sound like I have Tourette's? You made it smaller. You made it smaller. That's worse. Yeah. Some bright spots in the economy. Pod is no, too no, no, negative. No, no, no. I want to read the rest of the question. Yeah, he's, yeah, there you go. You got it. Yeah. Um, so this is from a, a friend of mine. We exchanged comments. He, he is a loyal like listener and honestly a really great guy. So some bright spots in the, in the economy. Pod is negative, but there's always opportunity out there. I completely agree. That's why I say he's going to talk to you about all those opportunities now. Right. Oh, yeah. Just throw, it, just, throw it, just throw it on my plate. Listen, um, the bank that we work for now was started during the Great Recession. October 2007. Right. Yeah. This podcast right now is being started now while we believe we're in a recession. Technically, it was started uh, a year and eight months ago, which is at the end of 2020. Right. We're, exactly. So there is opportunity out there. Now- I feel like if you are passionate about something, now is a great time to start it. No, no. I, look, that, that's 
very soft lob there. No, I mean, this is this is that was like a very softball pitch. Really? Let me explain something here. Okay, every single time you hear negativity in the news yeah. as it relates to the economy, when we're talking about this shit, mm-hmm. there's opportunity there. Yeah. Okay. So let let's use some examples from today's show. Okay. Party City may go out of business. That sounds negative. Mm-hmm. But the follow up question is. What goes in Party City's location? Okay. How can you as a listener take advantage of that? If you're in commercial real estate, you have any interest in getting into it, mm-hmm. maybe you do some research. Maybe you figure that out. Right. I mean, Maybe Party City is going to stop selling stuff online, but people still want to get party stuff for their parties. Maybe this is a business opportunity for people out there. Perhaps. Yeah. I mean, look, a lot of retail strips are going to have a lot of vacancies, right? That's one opportunity. Let, let's talk about another opportunity. A lot of people right now think, okay, home home values, home prices, it's impossible. Mm-hmm. Now more than ever in the economy, there is a massive abundance of wholesalers. My brother from the show, right. Aria, yes. he's wholesaling real estate right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of the segment. What I will tell you is their job is to find a property under market and sell it for a profit for right. them, knowing that the potential buyer, the quote investor, has the opportunity for an upside potential. Right. Those are out there. It might not be the world's best economy for real estate acquisition. There might be heavy rates out there. Mm-hmm. But if you can buy with either hard money or cash, those opportunities are still prevalent. You should do two things to get on most wholesalers' lists. Mm-hmm. One, sign an NDA. And two, show proof of funds. And sometimes that's as little as $100,000 or it can be more or whatever. It doesn't have to be in cash. It can be in some kind of cash equivalent, security, stock, bonds, whatever. Right. So there are opportunities out there. All this negative stuff, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction, and the economy is no different. Every single one of my businesses, every single one, was started during a recessionary economy. The real estate company, in, in its prior format, opposed to what it's called now, right. was started during the eh, kind of, let's see, yeah, January, February, March, um, August 2007. Yeah. Shortly before we started the bank. And I kept it going the entire time. I disclosed it when I, when I started there. The law firm was started uh, during a recession. This podcast was started during a recession. So many of these things have, have been started during a recessionary economy. Right. And I'll say like all the times that people are, are scaling back or work is low, I found other things to focus on to prioritize. And I always believe those are out there. I don't care mm-hmm. how bad the economy mates might seem. Right. That's your time to grow. It is your time. To grow. I mean, even even just listening and learning from all of the events and you know uh, all the reports that are coming out now learning from them and educating yourself on what they mean i mean these are cycles at the end of the day right this cycle will ultimately once we get through this we'll ultimately come back again yes sir shall we go on to the next question chief let's do it your turn to pick uh let's see here eta etfs mutual funds and index funds they're all funds they're all they're, they're all they're all funds yeah exactly so you want to go into them a little bit? Um, well, it's kind of hard to answer the question without context. So what I'll say is, is I think I think there's I, I looked this up a little bit. Oh, what, yeah. What, okay. So what I th- I think there's a common misconception to a lot of people. They're all the same thing, but they're different, right? Yeah, they're very different. They're very. Um, they're very I'm, different. I'm a big fan of low cost index funds, for example. Low cost index funds, and why he's saying low cost index funds is because the fees associated with them are significantly cheaper than mutual funds, right? Uh, mutual funds has someone that's actively managing it, managing the fund. So you're paying 
um, a, a large fee. They are them. actively managed, but the difference to you, the consumer, is 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 very transparent. Like, there's no difference, right? So, right. You you can be you can invest in a low cost index fund. I recommend all of Vanguard's, frankly. Yes. Or you can invest in a mutual fund, and there's a million of them out there, and and lots of 401k plans offer them. But to you, the only difference is their returns and the fees. Right. And over time, the low cost index funds, as Warren Buffett has taught us, mm-hmm. will provide a better result if you're playing the long game. And you should not be investing in in any of these things if it were not for the long game intent. Right. Exactly. This is something that you're you're putting away almost almost viewed as you know a retirement account where you're putting money in and you're just ignoring it. But the difference between this and a retirement account is you won't be penalized if you are forced or needed to take it out. You still will have to deal with short term and long term capital gains, however. Absolutely. Short term capital gains meaning if you were to take whatever portion out that you purchased within a year. Within six months, right? No, a year. Is it a year? It's a year. Anything over a year is long-term gains. We've had this discussion before. Oh, yeah. I always get stuck on the six months. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. Um, I apologize to you, Sir Said yeah. Nobel Laureate. I remember when we first started out, we got into the low-cost index fund Vanguard that was backed by the S&P 500. Uh, VOO. Yeah. Sir S&P, low-cost index fund. Yeah. VOO. Yeah. Big fan of VOO. VU. Mm-hmm. Sounds very Vietnamese. But I think there's there's a minimum, right? You need like three thousand to to get started. Um, no, that's to open an account. I had a when I first invested, it was in Fidelity. I don't think I don't think the, as long as you have some money in your account, there's a minimum. Really? Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, let's go with uh, oh, I like this one. Uh, Dami Fu Hundred, my man. Dami Fu Hana. Yeah, he my man. He, he actually uh, sent me a very nice, pleasant message the other day. I was yeah. like, oh, you know, I'm not Saeed, right? He left a great, honest five-star review. He did. Fantastic. Speaking of which, we're going to end the show on the last review. That last review was fucking rock solid. Rock solid. That that person is arguably one of the sexiest human beings alive. <laughs> one of, I yeah. mean, arguably. It's just, uh, it, it, a stunning review. I could just tell. Can you go back? Yeah, yeah. I was reading the things. What are you doing, intern? Yeah, we said we're going to end the show. We'll end the show on that. Yeah, there is right there. Do you up, not listen up, to the show? Up a little bit. Oh, up right there. Yeah. No, he's right there, yeah. How many bank accounts should a person have? Mm. Different banks, credit unions. Oh, this is a great question for you. Great question. Former chief credit officer and current chief operating officer. Yes. Of a bank. Please come open an account. <laughs> yeah. I do need to pause, but that, yeah. not, not that bad. Um, so, how many per- accounts should you have? Okay, so there are a lot of theories as it relates to this, and I'm not going to fall victim to the ideology that anyone's theory is better than anybody else. So I'm going to preface this with a little bit of, of, a, of a pause, okay? There is no magic sauce to bank accounts. Now, me personally, I believe that everybody should have, if, if you have no other business accounts and it's just you personally, you should have a personal checking account and a personal savings account. Bare minimum. That's where you start. Right. Now, you should always try to funnel as much of your income as you can into the savings account and plan that for short-term funds to go into investments over time. And look at that as an account to replenish. Think of your checking account as your operating account. Right. Now, some people will obsess, and I get it. They want to obsess over their savings rate. You know, I want a 4% account or a 3% account, particularly in this economy where the interest rates that banks are offering are going up. Yeah, if you can capitalize on it, I mean, yeah. might as well. You typically get lower interest rates, however, on operating accounts, like checking accounts that you use very frequently. You're not going to get as high of an interest rate on that because it's it's, mo- it's not meant for that. It's the, not meant to save money. Yeah, and the bank views it as money coming in and coming out. There's a lot of f- transactional volatility to it. So what I will say is it doesn't matter. Credit union, whatever. Make sure they're FDIC insured. Make, their, make sure that there's a bank that you can access as conveniently as you possibly can. Now, if for you, convenient is online, then so be it. Right. 
if for you conveniently is a retail branch, then so be it. Mm-hmm. Do whatever you're comfortable with. Right. I, I bank with a number of banks at this point, and that has more to do with proximity to clients and tenants and things of that nature. I also bank with our bank. Yes. I will say our new mobile app at, at, at the bank is incredible. Right. Um, it, it's, I, was, I was actually pleasantly surprised when I got into it and started you know, kind of linking up all my apps and everything else to it. It was really fascinating. But whatever you do, find out whatever works for you. Right. Okay. And expect to start there. Now, what I will tell you is when I got married, I added a third account. Okay. I added a household operating account where I keep the checking account for my operational income outflow, income and outflow. Right. And I have a household operating, which is really effectively what my, my, my wife uses to manage the household business. Right. It's not an allowance for my wife. I don't like that connotation. That's terrible. Yes. That is her business funds to run the business of running the house because my business is, is going to work. Yes. My business is this podcast. My business is the real estate company, all these other things, right? My wife's business is running the home and she is fucking precise at it. She is really good. Mm -hmm. So she uses that for all cash needs as it relates to the house. Right. Okay. And I I replenish it every single month. And and for the purposes of this conversation, I'll be transparent. It's got a minimum balance of $10,000 and I always replenish it the $10,000 every single month. Okay. She's never spent all of that, but mm-hmm. that that's just kind of her personal inflow outflow. Right. Now we both have American Express cards, which pay off at the end of every single, every single month. That comes out of the personal checking account and kind of it gets paid off that way. Right. And we have a savings account, which we use again for those short-term investments. So what I'll do is anytime money comes in, that's where the, the savings goes. And then when I get to a certain dollar amount, I invest it in a property. Mm-hmm. Obviously last year or so, I've been hoarding cash. So that number has been growing over time. Right. Now, what I will tell you is don't fall in love with the ideology that your bank accounts are there for you to make money. They're not. I funnel investment money off into things like stocks and bonds, but those are meant for long term. If I'm moving it from my savings account off to Fidelity, where I I typically do a lot of investing, I'm not going to somebody to manage my account, but that money's going in there with the intention in my mind that I'm not seeing that money back out as cash for as long as I possibly can. Exactly. And to this date, I've never cashed any of that money out. Wow. Hundreds of thousands of dollars that I've put in, never gotten any money out, and that money has grown over time. Mm-hmm. But there's volatility in that money. Because of compound interest. Compound right? interest, plus you know stocks that, that I truly believe in for the long term. I bought Apple before two splits ago, or some some crazy ass number. I mean, my, my, my value in Apple is shockingly high, but my original capital contribution wasn't. Mm-hmm. I just got in at the right time, because it was a company that I believed in. I loved their products. Right. I invest long-term only. And that's a good investment strategy for those that are, that are just starting out, right? Like if you don't want to get into the low-cost index funds that we previously talked about, I mean, invest in companies that you know, co- companies that you feel like you understand the business or companies that you believe in. Yeah, and look, at, at the end of the day, if you believe in the company and it fails, that happens. It's all good. Yeah. But I also, what I'll do is I, I typically don't reinvest into one company. If, if there's something that comes up in the news like Tesla or they come down to a low and I still believe in them, I will buy more. Yeah. And and that's kind of the way I work it. But again, going back to the, the accounts, for me now, that that's my three core accounts. Now, I do have business accounts. I'm required by law as an attorney to have an IOLTA account, interest on lawyer trust account, right. where the interest is sheets to the state and the state gets the interest on it. I'm not allowed to keep that. I've got all sorts of other accounts in the way. But those three basic accounts for me as, as a married man and my wife, those really drive everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So for us, it's... Not as detailed, but we have the checking account that operates the same way that you said. We have our safety net savings account. And then we, a long time ago when we first got married, we started another savings account for uh, vacations. 
We would slowly throw my money sister at does it. that. Yeah, we would throw money at it little by little until we got enough to where we felt like we can travel yeah. with it. Yeah. yeah, I get that. Yeah. All right, let's go. With two more questions, and we'll call it a wrap. Oh yeah, let's go. Uh, you want to call the next one? No, you get the next. One. How about building professional skills without an MBA? Okay, so I have an MBA that I got from a uh, not so high profile school, mm-hmm. and I can tell you that I don't know that it was as worth it as people think. Yeah. There's a lot of dogma when people get MDA, MDAs. Yeah, he went, MDMA, he, they get on Molly. Right. Uh, when they when they get an MBA, they, they buy into this, like, I'm an elitist class, or I know more than somebody else, well, or I some, know a lot about well, business. Well, some people also feel forced, right? They feel yeah. like they, they, they're sold this theory that I need this in order to grow my career. And sometimes they do. Sometimes some corporations have, like, these, like, stop points where you need some kind of advanced degree and that's what they get and mbas are typically very commonly offered with some kind of night class version or Mm -hmm. variant where people who are in business want to get a business degree so they can go Mm -hmm. part-time at night so i get i get the the ease of access and why you would get it right now what i will say is if you if you buy into the dogma that this is going to make you a better business person i'll tell you just my personal experience and i know some people can be offended here I've known a lot of people from MBA programs that walked out with a whole shit ton of ego and not a whole lot of experience and they felt entitled. Yes. And I'll tell you that that is not, that is not the way. Right. Just because you got a business degree doesn't mean you truly understand business. It means you went to school for business. You graduated with a business degree. What you do with it is going to be indicative of whether you actually understand business or not. And I made, I'll tell you this much. I, again, my 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 personal history, not not for everybody. I recognize that mm-hmm. the self made entrepreneurs that have gone to the school of hard knocks have typically been more successful over time in my mind because adversity builds character. And right, but they're also doing things on the side to grow, right? I mean, you're do you do you think that you could end up where you are without some some of these master degrees? One thousand percent. Really, you can be an executive at a, at a publicly traded bank without an MBA. Yeah. I think my my bachelor's was important to getting my foot in the door, but um, I I don't think I don't think my my I can MBA, understand I can understand why some people would think that I would need something in order in or in order to get there. I, I don't think my MBA is played. I don't even think most people at the bank know I have an MBA. Right. Yeah. I don't really now. I they know that I'm an attorney. Right. That know, helps. Yeah. Exactly. That helps me just from a legal perspective, but it's it's a helping tool, but it's not required for the job right. by any stretch of the imagination. Exactly. At the end of the day, you'll you'll probably respect the opinion of someone that's been in the business much longer, more so yeah, than someone we, coming out of MBA. Get, I, I MBA. think the idea the idea of an MBA, the idea of an advanced degree, is nice in theory, but it doesn't necessarily, in my mind, mm-hmm. it doesn't put you up on anybody else who's getting their foot in the door. It might separate you once you've been in the company and you want like an advanced position over time. But I would say if you're trying to get in the companies, just try to get in now. Right. Don't don't wait for the NBA. If you can get in later on, get the NBA, go to night school. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid of the hard work. Right. All right, last one, you want to pick it? Yeah, last one. Let's see here. Okay. Um, basic fundamentals to grasp some of the advanced things higher standard talks about basic fundamentals so the show is built around saeed being stupid right you're welcome (laughs) yeah no um so believe it or not saeed once had i think a little bit of the same fear which is weird now because you're such a laureate what do you mean i think when we first started talking about the show you had like this almost like this hey hey i'm not on the same level kind of thing well i'm not i'm also now it's, it's clear and i'm not afraid to explain what i don't know because all of us don't know some things, and myself included. Like right. there's some topics that I'm a complete jackass about. Right. 
Um, I don't want to tell you because you're taking take advantage of me later on. Some. Yeah, some. Some. But here's what I'll say. The show is built for a continuing progressive load on the more you listen to the show, the more these things become more common vernacular and common used for you. If some of the things we talk about are difficult to grasp, you will get them over time. You don't have to do more than just listen to the show over and over and over and over again and leave us lots of five-star reviews. <laughs> okay? Yeah, lots. But it's built that we, we we do that. And we do try to break down some of these concepts as time goes by. And we do try to try to use very common, common language as opposed to making things more complicated. Sometimes you'll find that I, I have a tendency to stutter a little bit or stop and hesitate. It's because I'm trying to take somewhat complicated topics and bring them down to a level where I think, number one, I don't sound like a jackass because everybody already thinks that I'm arrogant. And number two, it, it's it's about breaking them down in a very similar, easy to understand way. Make it digestible. Yeah, yeah digestible. Thank you for making me sound stupid. You're welcome. Um, in law, lawyers will use a lot of a lot of what they refer to as legalese, mm-hmm. legal language that's more complex than need be. Mm-hmm. And one of the concepts I grasped from law, law school when I left was. A lot of this can be written in basic English, but attorneys want you to feel like you need them. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. If we could all understand what the contract says, do I really need an attorney? Right. Well, the financial world is not very different. So we're trying to tell you exactly what some of these complicated fundamentals are in basic, simple English with some expletives thrown in for some sass. Yeah. So listen to the show. You'll get it. Now, if you really want to read, there are some wonderful books that are out there, which give you some of the basic, basic stuff. Uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, as much as I don't like Rob Kiyosaki, that book is- Great starting. A f- fantastic starting point. Yeah, intelligent investor. Um, if you want to get into real estate investment, uh, the Bigger Pockets books are great. Uh, I think they're they're exceptional for a number of reasons, uh, but they, they'll talk about some of the nuances of real estate investing. There's a couple different books as it relates to the Fed and Fed policy that I can recommend. DM me if you want those. I'm sure most people don't want those. Yeah, exactly. But let's end this show on what is arguably the sexiest review from one of the sexiest humans to ever grace us with their review on the podcast. Todd Boy. Todd Boy, 79. 10 better than a 69. <laughs> he gave us a five-star review so you know it's honest. You gotta be honest. Gotta be honest. I feel like this was a great way to start 2023. I mean, Todd Boy, 79, gave it to us. <laughs> he gave it to us. At certain times in life, something comes along that shatters your paradigm. Paradigm, great usage. Great usage. SAT vocabulary. Mm -hmm. This man's a genius, clearly. Clearly. In the podcast world, the higher standard does just that. Both of the hosts have shown amazing patience to bring the financial terminology and comprehension to the masses. Wow. I look forward to the distinct brand of humor. An ability to dumb it down for us common non-black card folk. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and I, I appreciate you. That's me too. I'm, I'm, I'm included yeah. in that group. Yeah. I, 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 I love that you non-black card folk tune in. Fucking arrogant. <laughs> so arrogant. Keep the midnight oil burning and we will be there to soak it all in. And he ain't lying on the midnight oil, right? 1145. <sighs> let's just marinate that a little bit. Let's yeah. soak that in. Let's yeah. soak that back. Yeah. yeah. Take, take that. Todd Boy 79. Yeah. Let it sink we in. salute you, Todd Boy 79. We, we do salute you. We will catch you all on the next episode. Good night, everybody. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation on the Higher Standard Podcast. 
Make sure to hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you are listening to this on. If you like this episode, please write a review and share it with us. You're getting the show up and running right now, so every message, every review, and every note counts. This show exists to showcase what's possible when leaders decide to uphold a higher standard for their businesses, their investments, their families, and most importantly, themselves. If you want to see more of my content, I post daily on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. So be sure to follow me on your favorite social media platform. And with that, it is a wrap. And as always, I look forward to hanging with you all on the next episode.